Thank you so much for those very kind words. Man, I'm just so excited to be here with you this morning. Um, I used to be you. (laughs) Uh, Just to be able to worship and praise the Lord together with you this morning is just so great. I was a student here at North Central a long time ago. (laughs) Um, I met my wife here. Um, I was born and raised in Sweden, so I came as an international student. Do we have somebody from Sweden here? (laughs) All right. That's right. Yeah. Good. Uh, And my wife, uh, Shiloh's with us. Um, Shiloh, why don't you just wave? Shiloh... Uh, born and raised in India, she came to North Central also, and we met here. Can we get a picture up on our on my family? Uh, and so, so there is Shiloh and me, and and I want you to notice that I'm wearing NCU merch. It says NCU on that one. Uh, and and Esther and Elias, uh, f- 15 and 13, uh, our pride and joy, and um, that's what you get when you cross. Uh, Indian spicy with Swedish bland right there. That's what you get. Um, All right. So imagine with me, if you will, that you, um, you have to explain, you have to describe the vastness and the grandeur of the ocean horizon to somebody who has never seen it and never experienced it. But you're only allowed this. Um. That's a little bit what it feels like right now for me because I got to say something great about prayer in 20 minutes. And so it's kind of like diving into the ocean by way of styrofoam cup, right? Uh, But just bear with me. Here is what I am hoping and here is what I've been praying is that God will touch your heart and that God will mark you for his presence. And I believe in miracles and wonders, God can do that in 20 minutes. Amen? All right. So, uh, if, you, if you will, please turn with me to uh, what has been called Jesus' prayer book, Psalms, verse, or chapter 27, verse 8. It simply says this, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, I'm coming. Isn't that good? That one verse has so much to unpack, but I'm just going to unpack two main thoughts from this, just two main thoughts, and then I want to give you some practical, practical truths, practical tips, if you will, that will help you in your prayer life. Are you with me? All right, so here is my main thought. God desperately wants to talk with you. Remember, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. It's David that is, that is recognizing the voice of God and how God has called him, come talk with me. Notice that it says with. It doesn't say to. We have a God that doesn't just want to talk to his children. He wants to talk with us. And on the flip side, I want you to understand this, that God doesn't want you to talk just to him. When I pray, I don't talk to God. I want to talk with him. And there's a big difference. And I want you to hear it. I want you to know it. God 
desires intimacy. The invitation is that of fellowship. Come and talk with me. That's an invitation to come and be in close, intimate relationship with a God who loves and cares for you. I have a tradition with my kids, a ritual, if you will. Right after work, when I come home, I open the door, uh, and, I, and I seek my kids out. And I, I, I want to connect with them. And I get up really close. Sometimes I just grab them and hold them. Sometimes I cradle their faces in my hands, and I look at them, and I tell them, ah, I love you. I miss you. Uh, how was your day? Who did you sit with at lunch? What was your highlight? Was anything a struggle today? And on and on. And I, I, I do it because I have this desperate need to talk with my kids because I want to connect with them. And I want you to hear that the Father's heart, God, our Father, has the same desperate need. He wants to talk with you and not just to you. I want you to hear that from this one verse. I've noticed in my own prayer life that when my time with God is based on me talking to Him, I, I, I start to lose intimacy with Him. And, and so what's, what, is, what, is, what is the solution? For me, it's been to simply do this. After I have talked for a while and I've used my words in prayer, I just sit down and I, and I pause and I allow Him to speak moment, a moment to address, a moment to respond. And that's really important. You know, I feel that many times when we pray, uh, when we say amen, we just get up and we're ready to go. Or we reach for the phone or we do something else. But let me just tell you that if you just pause, don't, don't let your amen be an end of the conversation. Let it be an invitation for God to respond and, and, and sometimes what you need to do when you say your amen is to just pause and be a little quiet and allow him that moment to, I, I can guarantee you that I have missed countless of opportunities of God's pleasant and precious response back to me because I've been too hurried or I've been too, too interested in what's going on in the world because I got something like a little pling from my phone, right? BBC, it's like world news. I'm not sure if you, if you have something like that on your phone that notifies you, but please take a pause. Allow him to speak with you. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3 says that you need to call out to me and I will tell you remarkable secrets. Call out to me and I will tell you. Isn't that amazing? God wants to Share with you remarkable secrets. So allow space for that. Few people hear the voice that says, come and talk with me. And even fewer actually responds to it. According to a recent survey, uh, evangelical pastors spend less than nine minutes per day in intentional conversation with God. Let me just, just pause for a second and let that sink in for a second. Just nine minutes of intentional conversation with God. Uh, I was at the Mall of America with my wife uh, not too long ago, and we were walking, and uh, in the corner, there was a man who had rolled out a little mat, and he was on his knee, and he was praying to his God. 
and 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 somehow that provoked something in me and I didn't quite know what to do with it I didn't know what it provoked it just I just it just provoked me and, and, and so we continued on walking and then and then suddenly it struck me if this man has a reason to publicly bow down and worship his God who he believes according to his belief may perhaps one day save him how much more do I have a reason to unabashedly and and continuously make it a habit to praise and worship him because he has healed I know that he has saved me I know that he has redeemed me and I know that he has adopted me as a son and I have a beloved Father in Him, how can I not want to respond? You hear me? I have every reason to be consistent in my communication with Him. Prayerlessness is a declaration of independence from God. When I don't respond to the invitation, that call to talk with God, what I am saying is I can do this on my own. I'm self-reliant. I want you to know, students at North Central, when you graduate, God has a ministry for you. Whether that is in the marketplace or if it's in a church, God has ministry for you. And what he desperately wants for you is for you to do it with him. Now, let me say this loud and clear so you hear me. God is not interested in you doing great things for him. God is not interested in you doing great things for him. But he is really interested in doing great things with you. He wants that. He wants with you. You know, the core of what Jesus is teaching us when he's teaching the disciples about the end days and the day of judgment and people are going to come to Jesus and they are going to say, we did this great things for you, Jesus. We, 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 we cast out demons in your name and we did many miraculous signs. And Jesus just goes, go away. I never knew you. May that never be said of us. Let us not have the thought or the idea that we're going to go out and do great things for God. Rather, let's have the idea and thought deep within our hearts, I want to do great things with you, Lord, with you, in fellowship with you. Are you with me? All right. The first thing that we learn here in this verse is that God desperately wants to talk with us. Here's the second main thing that we learn from our verse. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart's response, I am coming. I am coming. There is something that is captivating by a couple that is infatuated with one another. Uh, uh, it's, it's in and of itself really attractive. Uh, a, a person or two people that really love one another and, and, and they only have eyes for each other and they're sitting so close to each other that, 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 that they start to smell like the other person's perfume or cologne, right? And, and, and they only have eyes for one another in a noisy room crowded with people. Uh, they are the only ones there. There is something that is attractive about that. Now, let me, let me just expound on that for a little bit. I want you to know that 
That is love. That's love for God. And that is how our love ought to be. We ought to have that infatuation with, with the Lord. We need to be enamored by Him. We need to be captivated by Him. Perhaps your prayer this morning ought to be, Lord, awaken, awaken my heart to your love. Because the second thought here is, is my heart response. This is about your heart. It's about love. Prayer, prayer is, is a, it's a love issue of the heart. I can see in front of me people here, you, student body, that is infatuated with Christ, that carries the fragrance of Christ all around because you have been with him and close to him, close with him. Your love is it what has been driving you towards him. And before you rush away from here today to try to mitigate prayerlessness in your life, I need you to stop and realize that it is your heart that needs to respond first. Your heart needs to respond first. That's why your prayer may have to be this morning, Lord, awaken my heart to your love. Because what happens if we don't is that we get into this list of religious obligations and it's actually going to separate you from the Lord. Your motivation uh, for spending time with him needs to be heart. God desperately wants to talk with you. I have so much more to say here. I have to hurry on. Um, your heart needs to respond. The prayer is a heart issue. Um, I need my love for him to grow. A healthy prayer life doesn't come from a sense of obligation to fulfill a religious checklist. Okay, so now when you know these two things, that God desperately wants to talk with you, that your heart needs to respond, how do I come practically? How do I learn how to pray? I have five minutes uh, right now. I want to give you five uh, uh, helpful tips, all right? Prayer was never meant to be learned by yourself, let me repeat that. Prayer was never meant to be learned by yourself. When the disciples come to Jesus and they ask that famous question that I believe is one of the greatest requests in Scripture is, Lord, teach us how to pray. Notice the pronoun us. Teach us how to pray. And then Jesus goes and he, and, and he teaches them and, about prayer. And he starts off with our Father who is in heaven, let your name be holy. Let your kingdom come. You know, you know the, uh, the prayer. Let, let us or lead us not into temptation. It, the, the, the pronoun is important here. And I want you to know that, that the scriptural basis for learning how to pray, the thought is actually in the context of, of, of many. It's corporate. And we have a discipleship model in the church today that, that have taught and have, uh, and have uh, uh, 
cherish the idea of, of, of you, you need to grow your prayer life by yourself. Just lock your door behind you. And, and it's simply not a biblical model to learn how to pray. You need somebody to encourage you to say a yes and amen. And, 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 and you need to hear other people pray, and they need to hear you how, to, how you pray and encourage you in that prayer. Are you with me? Uh, so that's, that's number one. Uh, prayer was never meant to be learned by yourself. Prayer should be worship-based, not need-based. Uh, prayer should be worship-based. When you learn how to pray, it, it, it gets super boring when all you have is a list of things that you want God to do. God isn't a glorified Santa. Uh, uh, God is a God who is mighty and awesome and is worthy to be praised. And if you start with worship and praise, God becomes huge. If you start with your checklist, with your needs, God becomes pretty small, and your needs become really, really great. So when you start to learn how to pray, start with praise. Praise Him. Thank Him. Start with that. Uh, Number three, pray Scripture. Don't read the Bible to gain information about God. (laughs) Can I say that? Don't read the Bible to gain information about God. Read Scripture for conversation. Did you know that theologians sometimes grow really cold in their relationship with God? Why? Because their pursuit, their focus have been fixated on information about God and not relationship with Him. For many years now, um, before our kids go to school, uh, I, I, I read a passage from the New Testament, uh, and then we pray through it. Uh, and I want you to know that praying through Scripture gives you language in your prayer. And so we've prayed through the New Testament many times now, and I, I, I want you to understand that that is... That is That is what we need to do. We need to pray through Scripture. I can guarantee that your conversation with God will be more intimate and more close as you use the language of Scripture in your prayer time. Uh, Pray in the Spirit. That's number four. Pray in the Spirit. It builds you up. Pray in the Spirit. Uh, if you don't have the gift of speaking in tongues, seek it. Ask the Lord. There is such an enormous amount of power to be had when we pray in tongues. Uh, there are so many. I, I'm, a, I'm a prayer pastor, and, and sometimes it's hard to pray. Sometimes I don't even know how to pray. And it is so wonderful to just slip into praying in tongues. Scripture says that when we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up. Do you know that God wants you to build yourself up? So pray in tongues. Pray in tongues daily. Let it be something that you do all the time. Pray in tongues. Paul said that I thank God that I pray in tongues more than any of you. Why would he say that? To challenge us to do the same. Donna Barrett, uh, General Secretary of the Assemblies of God, she uh, has written a book called Leveling the Praying Field. And in it, she says, or she encourages the readers to set an alarm clock for 15 minutes just to pray in tongues a day. Now, I just want to tell you a quick story. Uh, A young woman in our youth group in Sweden uh, got saved. 
newly saved. And then she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she got three words uh, in her prayer language, and that's what she would say, just those three words. And we all kind of thought it was a little weird and a little funny, but she would just always say those same three words over and over again. And then uh, at one point, uh, Yonggi Cho, who used to be the pastor of the largest church in the world, he came to Sweden to have this conference. Uh, and we all went, and we sat in the front, and he had a delegation with him from his church. Uh, and, uh, and of course, this, this young woman, uh, this, this young girl who had just recently been saved and filled with the Spirit and just prayed these three words, she started praying these three words. And, 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 and at one point, one of the Koreans turned around and in English said, do you know what you're praying? And she said, I have no idea what I'm praying. Uh, and said, well, in South Korean, you are, you are saying, Daddy, hug me. Daddy, hug me. Daddy, hug me. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit knows what you need. And when you pray in the Spirit, you, you don't know what you're saying. But I can guarantee you that when you pray in the Spirit, it's the only time when you are going to pray 100% of, the, of, of, of God's will. Right? Of God's will. So pray in the Spirit. And I encourage you, if you haven't experienced praying in tongues, this is a great place. Uh, this is a safe place for you to, to come and request that. Uh, Lastly, and the worship team, come up, 11.35. Prayer is being with God. I can guarantee you that in this room, there are many of you who feels bad about not praying enough. And I want you to know that God is so pleased with you. And He loves you so much. And he just wants you to be with him. Sometimes it's enough just to sit. If you're learning how to pray, chances are you don't have a lot of words to say. And that's okay, because you can just be with him. Uh, not too long ago, my son Elias, he's 13, uh, he came, I was sitting, I was working in the living room on my computer, and he came and he sat like really close to me. <laughs> And he had a book with him, and he just started reading. <laughs> and I was, like, working like this. Uh, and then I turned to him and said, what are you doing? It's like, I just, I just want to be with you. Do you know, you know that you don't have to feel bad? You don't have to feel bad. Would you just start your prayer life with just saying, God, I just want to, I just want to be with you. I just want to sit with you for a while. You can do that. And he is so pleased with you because of that. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. My heart responds, I am coming. I am coming. It's my hope this morning that you want to hear God say that to you. It's my, it's my hope this morning that you are wanting to respond by learning how to pray. Don't learn alone. Seek someone up today. Ask your friend, you think we can pray together? Maybe just four minutes or three minutes today. Can we pray today at lunch? Grab a mentor or a teacher here, professor here at the school. It's like, I, 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 I'm struggling in my prayer life. Could you, could, would you pray with me? Start there. Don't learn alone. Start small. Use your Bible as a tool for conversation and not just a source for information. Pray in tongues 
practice being in the presence of the Lord. So stand to your feet. <laughs> Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love and your affection for us. And we say to you, Lord, we love you and we want to be with you. Thank you, Lord, for all of the hearts here that are now hearing you say, come and talk with me. And all of the hearts that respond, I'm coming. I thank you, Lord, for your love poured out on this place and upon the students' lives here this morning. I pray, Father, that you are gonna, you're birthing something new in this moment. You're pouring out a spirit of prayer over this place. Father, this isn't going to be about obligation or a sense of duty. It's going to be because people are so enamored and captivated by your beauty and your love and your affection that they want to spend time with you. Lord, I thank you for hearing our prayers. Now, I know that some of you need to leave. You have other obligations. But God is here. And if you don't have to go somewhere, linger in his presence. I have so many profound memories here. Formative experiences with the Lord. Don't leave this place if you don't have to. I am here. I want to pray with you. Teachers are here. They want to pray with you and encourage you. They want to lift you up. And I know that the student body in and of itself can minister to itself. So I want you to come forward as we're closing here this morning. And I want you to say to the Lord, my heart has heard you say, come talk with me and I'm going to respond. I'm going to come and talk to you. Talk with you. Talk with you. Can we do that this morning? And after I'm here, I, I, I love ministering to people. I love praying with people. Uh, I am here. If, I, if you have questions for me about prayer, I'd love to spend however long you want to. Uh, I'm here for you. But let's sing something and then, and then seek the Lord. Let's pray.